done that, but I'm not asking you to do that. There, are, I mean, there are things I'll do that I'm not necessarily, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I should have asked you to. Um, Andy, I believe you owe everyone an apology. Yes, I owe everyone an apology. My microphone was, my inputs were selected incorrectly, and Aaron tried to tell me, and I didn't listen. I didn't push super hard. I should have pushed harder. Yeah. I thought that it was something maybe on my end. Yeah. And then it turned out it was on everyone's end at the end, you know? And several people who enjoy the show told me it was a dreadful audio experience. <laughs> I, <believe>. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say this. If anybody sat through the entire show, that is that is a love of our show. Could yeah. you imagine loving a cook so much that you ate something that tasted so awful? Yeah. I, I believe one of the individuals said it sounded like you were having fun. So I think that implied that they stuck it out. Um, but I did not. I felt so bad. I didn't get confirmation. Yeah, so. I did check and it did not hurt the downloads. But if I hurt yeah. the downloads for this one. Hey, guys, we're <laughs> back to clear downloads. Yeah. You uh, know, this is a great time to remind people to rate and review. And, and you can always call this out and uh, I can feel more shame, perhaps. Uh do what i can yeah you know i'm actually because of the way the algorithms work i will let you guys shame us as much as you want in the totally. rate reviews and subscribes <laughs> go ahead i mean is this the way <laughs> after after some audio corrections yes <laughs> absolutely book of boba fett chapter four we've made it over halfway through the series and the episode is called the gathering storm dun 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 um, yeah ominous yeah, directed by a guy named Kevin Ch- Chicoudery. No, t- Tatorian. I was going to say go Tri- with Kevin Tandorian. Kevin Tandori Chicken. Yes. I, guys. Um, Tandori Chicken. <laughs> I looked up his credits. He uh, he directed Fame. He directed Mortal Kombat, the one that was released in 2010. He directed a lot of good things. Nothing that I think I've seen until now. And I will give him, since I butchered everything about him so far, I do want to say this is the best episode so far to me. So for that, I need to give that compliment right away. So just for a moment. Okay, so I didn't look this up. So you just have, you've scooped me. Um, mm-hmm. Did are we talking about the sh- the movie that Jessica Beals is famous for? This director directed? No, she's famous for a movie called Flashdance. He oh. directed a movie called Fame, the remake in 2009. Oh. He did okay. not direct the Fame where we like, you know, where we have where like that gonna, song we know. We're going to live forever. That that song? Yeah. I mean, if we can't get too far into the lyrics before we get copyright infringement, Andy, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, he did not do the famous fame. It is ironic to do a movie called fame. That's the unfamous version of it. <laughs> I don't want to slam this guy as hard as you. No, make- no, <laughs> I don't want you to either. <laughs> I can't stop myself. <laughs> there was something that happened, which I believe there's something that happened so specific to me, Aaron, yes. and what my likes in star Wars are that I believe you didn't text me all day because of it. Yes, there's a there, <laughs> there, there, there there is a possibility. Um, yeah, there this there were 
this episode, uh, not to not to jump ahead too much, but this episode, or not to jump ahead at all, but this episode had things they had the some of the payoffs that I've been hoping for. So yeah, there were some payoffs finally. Um, that's what happens in the second half of the show. Yeah. If you've watched the show The Flight Attendant, you know you have to wait a long time to get some of the things. <laughs> I don't have a podcast about the flight attendant, but let's just say the payoffs took too long to get there. But still good show. Anyways, so we start off. With our hero, you know, Boba Fett <laughs> riding a bantha. And the bantha yes. sounds all tired and sad, you know, like. Yeah, like banthas <laughs> that are tired and sad. It's funny because I, I look at other people review and they mention it. And I was like, I don't know what a happy bantha sounds like. They all sound tired <laughs> and sad. Yeah, I can't I was, imagine it. It's just like, sounds like bantha noises to me, you know, like not a bantha yeah, exactly. expert, not a bantha handler. Clearly like, not oh, emotional beasts, maybe. Or maybe they are. You know, oh, was this the sad Elliot Smith song? You're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> here we go. So he's a sad, depressed panther who's being ridden by Boba Fett. I'd be sad too. <laughs> but we see him go up to Jabba's palace, and we see him sort of scope out the the front, and he goes, "Oh, there's too many Nikto guards here." You know, like that's and, and it was. I don't recall Nikto's being such a huge part of Jabba's palace, but they are in this show. Yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of um, I mean, to be to let's you know, we they're um, it's a weak way is the, is the other um, race that's there, which we saw um, uh, the weak way bartender in chapter eight of season two of the Mandalorian. Um, and so there are there I think there are probably th- um, three races that are amongst the sort of henchmen um, of Jabba, um, not, you know, not to be. uh too too highlighted but the nikto are definitely standing out for us because we've been seeing so much of them for sure and uh so he goes he just goes away he's like i'll figure this out another day he walks into the darkness and in the night he finds fennec shand which is really important because if you saw mandalorian season one chapter five at the end of the episode post-credit scene Fennec Shan is shot and left for dead. And we see somebody with spurs walk up to her. Like we hear yep. the spurs. There's no visible spurs. Now take that piece of trivia. Empire strikes back. Every step Boba Fett takes, he has spurs noises. Yes. And I remember when this happened to Mandalorian, I was like, oh, well, it can't be Boba Fett. He's dead. It's just another one. They're just teasing us with this. And now they're showing us in this scene, 100%. This is Boba Fett walking up. He is not, we're not hearing any spur noises. I think it was strictly there for tease and Mandalorian. Yep, totally. But we have that moment from Boba Fett's perspective now. And now we're actually overlapping in the timeline of Mandalorian season one. How exciting and cool. It was so amazing because, you know, we've gotten a few of Boba Fett looks off into the distance scenes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, so, you know, we had this moment where, you know, you're like, oh, my God, Tatooine has three moons. Who knew? Um, and you're thinking that is going to be the important thing. And all of a sudden we see those flash flares that Din and um, Toru used. Toru, I think his name was Toru Kalakan, the the uh-huh. uh, the the up and coming uh, bounty hunter that Din was helping out in Gunslinger Chapter five. And so we see that in the distance. And after you see that second one, you're like, OK, he's now we know what's going on. Now we we're we're getting that sort of connection back. Yeah. Which also, therefore, takes the last episode where we saw the spears with the stormtrooper helmets, yep. and we see Amy Sedaris's character walking in the Pal- background. It's like, oh, this is all taking place on the same day. Yeah, so, so we're, we're watching. We're in that spot. 
yeah, we're watching the same day, two different events, and how these things have actually crossed paths. So that's kind of exciting and cool. I did not expect to see that so directly. But of course, when we leave, once now he's past the Tuscans, this is where we're catching up to the rest of the series with it. So when they show him uh, checking out Fennec Shan, she's got this wound that's going to kill her. So he goes to a mod shop, which yeah. I thought we were going to run into the mods from the last episode. Yes. We did not. We just see that yeah. this is just the culture that he's interacted with before. Yep. And that the the mod person who's kind of like a tattoo artist is played by a, a musician named Thundercat. Yes. Thundercat. Not only that, his, his music is actually featured in those scenes. <laughs> exactly. His music's featured in those scenes. And I'll tell you, he did not change almost a thing about him to be in a Star Wars movie. He just already <laughs> fit the part. I don't so want to get... You're saying he doesn't wild. have... You're saying he doesn't have a right hand and that he uh, plays his bass lines with a battle droid, B2 battle droid hand? That is exactly what I'm saying, Andy. Okay, that's what I thought. No, I was saying the haircut <laughs> is the same. His haircut's the same, but he does have robot hand. Of course, I love it. Yes. And his robot hand has three robot hands. <laughs> a robot hand inception. Love it. And you mentioned that it's the battle droid hand. How cool. And of course, like bounty hunters do, he's like, oh, no, I'm too busy. It's like, oh, maybe this will sweeten the pot. And he goes, yes. oh, maybe it will. Mid mod, stop doing. <laughs> they didn't actually say <laughs> the cut scene, but in my mind, he was like, okay, we'll finish your robot part later. Someone just yeah. half robot job walked out. But in this scene, we get to see him put robot parts into Fennec, which we haven't seen in Star Wars so much. No, we, we saw Luke really. put yep. a piece into his hand or into his, yeah. Into his we, see the, area. we see the uh, medical droid testing Luke's hand at the, um, at the end of Empire, um, you know, and so I don't I like, I you know, to this, uh, I think there, you know, like there's a little bit of of new ground that we've we are kind of trodden over with this, like the English mod flavored um, people who are modifying with droid parts um, when he walks in, you know, I, I expected it to be somewhat of a different deal, but it had that tattoo parlor um, aesthetic. And I thought it, you know, was an interesting way for us to see the, the sort of resurrection of Fennec. Yeah. Super cool. I liked it. And of course now she's awake and they have a conversation where he can recognize like, Oh, I know who you are. She knows the history of who he is. Although she's like, no, you're dead. He's like, clearly I'm not here. I am. Yeah. They use different words. We'll say that well, they, they talk in Star Wars talk. They talk in Star Wars talk. Well, one thing I thought was interesting, right, is um, so we, you know, just to call back to the Mandalorian, since that's kind of our sweet spot where we've been um, covering. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, Fennec doesn't recognize Boba, which yeah. I thought was was sort of interesting. Right. And almost like a uh, almost like a Fennec, you know, like Fennec's like, oh, Boba Fett's dead. Like, you're not Boba Fett. Uh, and, and so that is a little bit of a, a clue to us that Boba doesn't take his helmet off very much. Um, again, something that was a big deal to us in season one and season two. Um, but we're, you know, clearly seeing Boba take his helmet off a lot in this series, but I just thought that was an interesting kind of recognition point for her. Um, and then her, them, you know, like the way that she responded to him, uh, not immediately sort of, of calling out, you know, like her gratitude, but more like what's up with this weird dude in cloaks with a big 
giant panther. And I thought that was kind of the right way to play that. Like if you think you're dead and you come out and you've got a bunch of droid parts in your, in your uh, stomach now, uh, I thought that was the right way to kind of play that. I think so too. Hold on one second, Andy. Yeah. Did something go wrong? Yep. There we go. Technical difficulties. That's a, that's what we do here, Andy. We are yeah. the technical dif- I mean, we've talked about how Star Wars is leaky pipe syndrome, you know? Totally. Like, totally. And we are we're just we're doing that on purpose. Yeah. We're just fitting <laughs> in. We're just we're trying just doing to give the you the same aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, so they both are taking each other out and like not in that sense. You know, like their resumes knowing who we are and then Yeah. Fennec lets Boba know that there are like the Bib Fortuna is now taking over Jabba's palace and it's not mm-hmm. going to be the easiest to get in there, but he explains he's got to go in there for a ship, which I got excited about because it didn't even occur to me that I would get to see slave one as I know it from star Wars lore, although they're changing yeah. the name of it now. Yeah. Yeah. And so this episode also does seem to be a very straightforward linear line. It's not like it's jumping around as the other episodes. They gets no. to be more down the line so they go up to Jabba's palace and they get like a little we get like a a little little drone probe droid that we've never really seen before yeah Um, but also seems to be the kind of technology we could possibly have here and now yes I was just going to say there would not surprise me Um, I don't know that it would be in um, as quite a small sphere but something definitely that something could do to be able to, to move in and be in a similar way. And then the mapping, um, you know, the whole on or the full on mapping of uh, the palace structure, I think mm-hmm. was, was, it was cool to see that. Um, I think that a little bit of the way that it pulls up and spins out is a little how the probe droid um and the probe droid, the standard sort of imperial style, large probe droid, um, came out of its uh, container in uh, in Empire. So I thought that was kind of cool. Lift up and then take off. Um, also a little bit like the probe um, that Darth Maul uses in uh, in Episode One. All right. So the orb comes back to Boba and to Fennec, shows them the map, shows them where everyone's stationed. That's pretty yeah. miraculous. And he goes, ah, it's still too busy. Fennec's like, oh, no, no, we'll just wait for them to do their rotation. And then we find a way to sneak in. Yeah. Master Assassin. Yeah, that's how you get to be Master Assassin. Right there. That's right. You don't get the term master without doing something right. Again, Assassin's Creed 2 kind of a thing, right? I love this from, you know, we've been joking about the Assassin's Creed logo, the Kinton Striders. But being able to see uh, the layout and then trying to figure when I was looking at that. I was like, oh, that's the kind of thing that timing where they are and where they move to something I would totally do from Assassin's Creed. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So they they break in the good old regular every movie. We're going to melt the bars, kick them in yep. a little and then just go through them, come in through the drain. I don't know. Kind of like the opposite of uh, Die Hard. And they we now see two robot sous chefs yes. at first. I was kind of mad about it because I'm just like, what? What do robots know about cooking? Yeah, like, a lot. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> enough to have the job. Yeah, yeah. Because you're also like, they're not going to mess up. You never mind. I'm going to let the robots do their thing. And they think it's a rat. They think that they're hearing a rat when we're hearing our heroes go into the kitchen. Yes. And then you so wisely already told me. Yeah. Well, so so we see 
really quickly, we see EV929, uh, who assigns uh, or is the same type of droid that assigns R2 to the sail barge. Um, yep. He is the one who's like, oh, I'll go uh, contact uh, the rat catcher. And then just as a nod to people, uh, why should you watch with uh, with closed captioning on? We find out that EV929 is actually the sous chef here uh, to the master chef in the back, these six armed uh, <laughs> COO series cook droid. Uh, and then they call the rat catcher. Uh, and what we find out is that apparently in Bibb's version of the palace, he's using the LP service droids that we see in uh, in Clone Wars as rat catchers. And it is a delightfully happy little uh, droid uh, that is um, plodding along and saying, oh, you know, I'm going to come help you out, find these, catch these rats. Uh, and yeah, but also like how great ensues. is it that the return, I think the return of the Jedi one that's like, Oh yeah, I assigned the jobs. Is also yeah. taking one of the jobs. Yeah, like Isn't I don't it? know if it's the same droid who's just like, ah, <laughs> oh, that droid called off or that droid broke in the barge problem, so I got to take over that position. Yeah, but he's apparently one of those managers that works his way up the palace, yeah. and so he knows he's a just bunch like, of positions. I got to do everything right. I got exactly. <laughs> oh, I got to call the rat catcher too. But also the voice. I found out the voice of that droid in Return of the Jedi is the director. Of Return yeah. Of the Jedi. Um, is it Richard Marquardt who died in? Uh, yes, who passed who away in, like ninety, maybe uh, eighty nine or ninety. So whoever voices him for this episode, spot yeah. on. How totally. great was it? Because when I heard him talk, it was like nostalgic for me in that moment. Yeah. You're like, oh yes, I know this Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the rats are Boba Fett and Fennec Shan, not rats yes. at all. No, and they go ahead and start attacking these droids, which I'm upset to see. You're like, let the cooks. Yeah. If there was ever an under siege moment in my life, it's right here where you just go, Hey, he's just the cook, man. Let him go. You do your business with job. (laughs) Just let him go. But I really appreciate the zeal with which the cook droid uh, decides like, (laughs) all right, I'm going, I'm going for this. This is my moment. Next part. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I remember being a 24 hour, diner cook and we all would talk about if someone broke in what weapons we'd use and this they, these droids have had the same conversation he's like well like i wield six knives and yeah. i will wield them like general grievous i was just <laughs> gonna say general very general grievous moment right and like the only thing missing in that scene is that droid saying come at me exactly <laughs> which how great is it that he immediately doesn't work out for it? He was like, yeah. I, they've already decided these are my moves. And we're like, yeah, that doesn't matter in real life scenarios. <laughs> Boom. You're done. Rat catching droid LE, LP or LEP. I thought it was uh, LEP. It's droid. LEP. Yeah. LEP. Yeah. Yep. Runs in and we have a very wonderful, delightful Nickelodeon feeling. Yes. Scene where he runs through the kitchen <laughs> like a scene in Ratatouille. And I, I really enjoyed it as much as I was like, this is kiddish. I was like, yeah. this is for the kid in me. This is totally good. Well, I also love the resolution of that. So we get, you know, Boba and everything. And the that droid decides, you know what? Let me just take care of this for you. I'll turn myself off. Right. And <laughs> much like I talked about in episode one, chapter one of Mandalorian, like the can't even point of IG-88. We're like, oh, I'm going to go to self-destruct mode. <laughs> yeah. That droid was also done. like, you know what? I quit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it also reminds me of 3PO where 3PO looks at Luke and just like, I'm going to switch off. Like, you know, in, in yes. Hope, like, <laughs> yes, 100% exactly that. And so he did that, which 
when you when that happened, were you like he killed himself, or you're like, oh no, he's just gonna wait for whoever yeah, he's needs just, to turn him on? Yeah, yeah, he's just gonna wait, right? I mean, uh, we you know in in Rise of Skywalker, there's you know in um in Ochi's ship, we find that droid who apparently has been abused, but you know like he's been switched off that whole time, and then they turn him on, and he's you know a delightful comic relief in in the movie. So, you know, definitely, I think that he's just like, I'm going to switch myself off and like whoever comes to save me will we'll take care of this. Yep, exactly that. And so they break through the kitchen. They get to their port. We see the slave one ship, which I'm trying to remember. I, I can't believe I didn't write that down. What is the new name for it? It's the fire. Well, it's it, they're just calling it by its ship class. It's a fire spray. So it's a gunship. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. And just to, just to connect back to the Razor Crest, the Razor Crest also being a gunship. Right. So both of these are are gunships. Um, and and so they're just calling it by the designation. They're no longer calling it by the, the name that everybody knows it as. Absolutely. And the only reason we know it is never because anyone ever said it. It's yeah. because that's what the action figure was labeled as kids. Well, it was the, yeah, it was the toy, right? Like, I mean, that's yeah. what we, you know, that was where that, that came from, at least from, from our perspective, right? But of course, what do we see next to the ship? But a four-legged cop. Yes! Oh, my God. I was so excited. I had, uh, I had never seen... Uh, and it was like it's it was to me like uh, the the comedy of people where they do the thing where they where they um, are horses. Right. And then they and, and the four legs. Right. Kind of. And you see the gonk droid coming along. And I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. And I thought for a moment we were just going to get a passing deal. And and I was like, OK, well, I know that I had four legs. And then we find out, ooh, gonk droid is part of our actual plot and i was quite excited about that although sad to see yeah at first i thought it was like just a cameo still excited and then fennec while doing her shooting around the room yep because of all the nikto guards coming around she shoots the gonk droid and it explodes which in gonk droid lore lore what is it lore sorry that's yeah and then like i guess in one comic book they have acknowledged the gonk droids are a generator and they're commonly used to walk them into battle and yes. so they can aim at them and explode, much like in video games and our 8-bit yep. games where there was the barrel that was always just lying there. Totally. It would explode whenever you hit it. That's what gonk droids do in the Star Wars universe. It's and we got to totally see it for that. the first time. Yeah, no, and, and you're exactly right. That this idea of of when you're playing a video game and you realize that you can use the you can use the surroundings to your advantage. And so I thought that was great. Um, and I think we've actually even I think we've even talked about that on the in the in the way back. Um uh, when, I think I talked about it a little bit in last week's episode how I want oh, did, the gonk droid thing for me. Oh, <laughs> I said well, if you're listening, please yeah. throw me <laughs> some gonk droids exploding or something. Oh, last you, week, and I you heard got here, it. Favreau. Favreau uses our show to lay out episodes. That's all I'm going to say. There's absolutely zero percent chance <laughs> that they're like listening. They're like, we better go back into production and. Make sure we throw one gonk droid in next week. <laughs> Makes no sense, but I love that that happened. And of course, as heroes do, they get in the ship. They don't maneuver it very well. And yeah. I was like, this ship's going to take a lot of damage. But apparently, this palace is made of just sand. And you can just yeah. fly through the walls. Yeah. <laughs> I guess much like like drywall, how like you can just sort of destroy it and your original thing is kind of fine. Same level of quality. Yeah, it's just like no and big deal. A total Adobe, apparently Adobe construction, you know, not at all. Still wet. For, 
Yeah. <laughs> Not at all made for this. Yeah. No problem. No long-term problems with this at all. Why would there, why would there be long-term problems? This is what happens when you walls? go with the lowest bidder. I'm just saying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which Jabba does. And so then Fennec is able to shoot a big iron beam that lets the draw loose. Yep. And now they have a big open door. They exit. And he now tells Fennec that her, her duty to him is over. He'll yep. drop her off wherever she wants. And she says, you know what? Let's go for the ride. She thought she, this is all borrowed time on her behalf. Yeah. She, she's back from the dead. And she's like, oh, I was going on adventures with the, the infamous Boba Fett. Nothing yeah. I'm going to get dropped off at is more interesting than what's going to happen here. And so he decides, cool. Well, then let's go kill a whole gang of bikers. Yes. Really just slaughter them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he explained to her on the way there, like, hey, listen, they killed my Tuscan family st- sort of stuff. Because they did mention that they did kill the Tuscans. And she was like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. So and, he, and, she got and- a little bit of backstory, but not enough to just witness a slaughter without question. But she did. Well, and I think that we should at least kind of like I, I think that the storytellers have done well enough to to point out that Fennec doesn't buy that the Kinton Striders killed the Tuscans. So I think that yes. is is kind of a worth deal. But I, I think it was interesting in the it, I loved in one of the my favorite moments in this episode, which there were many, was I have some scores to settle. And I was like, oh, please tell me that you are going to go gun down. That that swoop bike gang. When he said that, I was like, "They're gonna come, and I want him to attack them like Baskin at the end of Never Ending Story." And it almost looks like that, outside of the fact that it's not Very the streets close. of of wherever, like Winnipeg or Toronto, whatever city they yeah. filmed that in. Outside of that, outside of it being a dune, it's pretty much shot the same. They could have used the same score with that happy, like go lucky thing, as they just gunned down the bikers, but they deserved it. And it they was did. really fun. It was satisfying. They, it was satisfying. And just as a, so we, we've been pulling in uh, video games here, but if you've ever played a game where you struggled and then you became, you leveled up uh, and then you went back just to just lay waste to a particular zone in a game, that was the energy that I felt like where it's like, oh, yeah. just like, I'm just going to lay waste to this. Amazing. Oh yeah. Like in Sonic the Hedgehog too, when you get super Sonic code yeah. and then you get the 50, 50- coins and jump up and now you're just going 100 yeah. we got that it was great and then he was like oh i'm not gonna get my armor from the sarlacc pit yeah which i got mad as a nerd because i'm like you left the sarlacc pit in your armor like <laughs> you don't know your own continuity yeah but thank the maker <laughs> that he's not he doesn't find it there but he does look into the sarlacc pit like a dentist Yes. Very like, yeah, like just like, looking through like like Sarlacc veterinarian like that. We just became, you know, like a little more intimate with the Sarlacc than I had planned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which we did mention that in the first episode, they really honored the return of the Jedi Sarlacc yeah. by not having the beak mouth. Yes. But then in this, the they used mouth. it as a good jump scare to have yeah. the mouth that was introduced in the special edition come up and try to bite him and fight him to be like hey why are you checking out my yeah my like, pit? what's what's yeah what's going on why why you why haven't yeah. you done enough <laughs> you know like you already cut your way out of here you know like that's i i would have really have loved to see in a stormtrooper co- costume now yes and that was the thing that i thought was interesting right but i know but the, you're, you're right the beak. glosses 
Yeah, apparently, apparently floss. There's nothing in there. Some indigestion. Maybe the sarlacc has GERD. Uh, but <laughs> the beak was amazing. It was used amazingly. I loved that. Um, although uh, I I feel like Boba got the order of operations wrong, and thankfully Fennec helped with that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I did I did appreciate that uh, kind of a hey, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to take a take the closest look possible. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it's not there. He does not remember that we witnessed in the first episode. Yep. The Jawas took it off of him when he was unconscious. So because he was very unconscious in that scene, I will accept that he does not remember yeah. that it might be in the Starlight Pit. He's unaware of where that's going. We know, which is interesting, but I guess that this point of the story, we know what happens to the armor better than the character does. Yeah, totally. We're going to use that, that, um, that sonic death bomb. That we yeah. Saw. Seismic charges. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the seismic charges in the prequels. We saw it once in Mandalorian. Yep. And I think it's one of the most satisfying noises in the star Wars universe. Totally. That in, and swoop bike sounds, uh, yeah. and the light in the lightsaber. That's my top three. Uh, I mean, lightsaber might be number one. Cause yeah. it's what we all do. Yeah. You can't totally. hold a broom without wanting to make that no, noise. No, no, you can't. <laughs> and so then they have a talk at the fire about what's going on and why, like how he needs to collect all of his things. The gathering of the storm, as you will, is becoming quite literal yeah. where he's gathering all the things he needs to go ahead and create this storm that is going to get him out of bounty. He announces he doesn't want to be a, a hunter anymore or a, a bounty hunter. Yeah. Well, and, and, like and to rule over comes- something. Yeah, Fennec comes back with a you know a little bit of this independent contractor kind of a deal, but I think we've been uh, <laughs> I think I, th- I appreciate that this conversation happens after the Sarlacc, where perhaps Boba made a uh, made the kind of dumb decision that would get another bounty hunter killed, right? Or is this like yeah. not the best decision making, right? Uh, it would have been a lot better if they dropped the sonic charge and then went in, um, but uh, and uh, and. In essence, uh, I I liked that we got at least an explanation for what Boba Fett's up to. He's gonna he wants to create his own house. Um, there's you know there's mention of uh, the Gotha uh, Gotha. Um, some folks had asked me about the is what you know whether or not that was a reference to Droid Gotha, which is different. Like Gotha is just a house or you know like a a crew, a family or something like that. Um, and so we do get Boba thinks that he could do it right and to some extent if we look at the clone wars and such he did get a little bit of running a crew as an early at an early age as a kid so you know like to a certain degree i think he probably is like you know hey after all i've been through with the tuscans Mm -hmm. and after all of my uh all of my experience bounty hunting i know i could do a better job than these knuckleheads or for sure um slimos i think we heard that yeah yeah we heard (laughs) slimo yeah we did in the in that battle there uh somebody exclaimed slimo uh when they were fighting fennec and and the swear word that was used in episode one yeah young anakin called someone a slimo and so uh, they also used that in this slave one battle Uh, oh yeah so that makes it pg by the way like a pg swear word Um, oh yeah no i love it absolutely (laughs) it sounds like it'd be used in the goonies (laughs) and so now we have a back to tank flashback of him killing Bib Fortuna, which yeah. we saw in the teaser to this whole show. And so it's like we're kind of getting a little bit of that. They're taking us ahead in time. And now that we're back in our actual timeline, we're going to Mos Espa and we're seeing Santos. Yeah. We're seeing Black K. 
Well, really quick, there. really, really quick. When he gets out of the back to tank, just because just the like this meet. Well, I just want to call attention to this in case others have missed this. Mm-hmm. So uh, Boba looks better than he ever has. And the droid who comes up to help him get dressed in his armor tells him he's completely healed. So yeah. we are at chapter four. So that would imply in one, two and three. Boba is not 100%, right? He's on injured reserve. Uh, so now we get Boba on 100% and he's like, I got to go do stuff. I got to, yeah. I've been, I've been taking my time. I'm going to go into town and he's going to go see Garza Flip. And who is hanging out in Garza Flip sanctuary, but Black Chrysanthemum. Yeah. Um, angry or do you want to say that Black saying someone is fully healed yeah. is storytelling wise for we're entering the third act. Oh, is it? Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's officially like closing uh, the second act, which of course this episode is. Okay. So we got it. Uh, so what's the pet? What was last week? It's the week? same as the pet the cat. The same, you, oh, save the cat. Or save the, the cat. Save the cat moment to where you show yeah. someone's being a good person by because they save the cat. Yeah. And, and this is the same as a montage. You're not ready for the big fight. You're fully. Healed. Okay. Right. So everything we're leading towards is going to happen. And yeah, Black Santan is at the table. Uh, there's all the same Easter eggs from. All, yeah, every episode everything. so far yeah except uh there is the noticeable girl in gold bikini like return of the jedi <laughs> uh which I alien don't think seen. yeah aliens yeah uh well no well oh yeah okay they're i think they're in the background i think that that i think that hairy hairy alien that has been in the background of some shots in a bikini was also in the background but yeah we get the yellow i don't think we've seen yellow twilights uh at least in live action uh, or that that but we we do see um i think that they've got a very very close to to um leia bikini so yeah and so of course every good star wars bar scene has a good bar fight yes it does yeah and so i, like, I love Sanchez the build-up gets build in a fight with, great. with their trandosian yes and uh the whole time he's starting to fight him, I, as a Star Wars fan, I'm like, are we finally going to see someone rip someone's arm off? I've heard about it from day one. We've been told that Wookiees will rip your arm off. Yes. And we're getting a fight, and I'm like, do it, do it. And then, of course, Jennifer Beale's like, no, don't do it. Yeah. If you don't do it, don't cause a scene here. I will pay off all your debts, and you have a lot of debts here. And Black Sanction's like, ah, it is worth it. And I was like, ah, I'm never going to see it. And then he rips his arm off. And he rips his arm off. Yeah. And you're like, (laughs) what a payoff. (laughs) Yes. Which I later found out through research that uh, the Transocians can grow their arms back. I was just going to say, not as big a deal as as you might think. Um, But yeah, I I was like, I I loved that as a a BK kind of being like, nah, no, no, no. This is too much. This is, this is too much fun. And, and, you know, those that will read the comics know you know, the, we've talked a bit about the Wookiee Trandoshan rivalry backstory, um, the, the hunting and enslavement and all that stuff. And not only that for BK, it is like particularly personal. And, and so I was loving all of that because I, yeah. I, you know, we, I think I had lamented, um, the last time we talked that, you know, this is probably the last time we're going to see BK. Um, you know, it's like, Oh, he's there. He looked awesome. Amazing. And then he's no way. Be like, he's back. Yeah. He's back. But Jennifer Beals really was like giving all of the, we gave some of the comic book background in earlier episodes and she yes. was giving that right back to us where she was yep. just like, she was talking about when he was a gladiator yep. and how good he was a gladiator. And you're like, yes, yes. We're finally getting more of this. 
she even speaks Max Rebo's name. Or she yeah, goes, we get confirmation that Max is Max. That, right? that is Max Rebo. Like all those things that we're like, well, I mean, we'd like it to be. Yeah. We got that. The only thing she didn't give us is whether Max Rebo's playing with his feet or his hands. You know, like maybe that's the next episode. <laughs> we get that reveal. Unresolved. <laughs> yeah, unresolved. We don't know whether he's playing with his feet or hands yet. <laughs> but also just like in... Uh, the first movie from 1977 movie as soon as the bar fight's done music's back bar yep. goes back to normal yeah everyone's just like oh you know what we get that a lot here yeah it's just that's normal business right and then on yeah. their way and then boba and black shan have like a look and they're able to like have a little bit of back and forth but just a tad where you go he might be back they might need him for another thing which is great because that's what we want to see we want to see them team up because famously in the comic books they have yeah. And I don't think there's going to be a better way to end the whole series than that. I should have warned that it's just a speculation. Yeah. And so then we go and we get like this looking of the Last Supper at Jabba's Palace with all the people who are kind of in charge of these areas. As we now know from, that when Jabba died, the power shifted all these different people and they're all yep. paying each other off in bribery. So it's just a bunch of mafias. And now Boba Fett and well, Fennec are trying dinner. to create a piece yeah they're trying to create the piece but that dinner is definitely like it it has uh the godfather vibe right and so we get you know the clutonians uh so last week we got you know 88 gave us the the lowdown history lesson but we got the the clutonian family is there um uh, mm -hmm. that runs the spaceport the work district uh aqualish are there and then the trandosians which we've seen a lot of um are there and you know bk is basically um, Boba's muscle in the background, you know, he's like just off mm -hmm. to the side. Um, and so it is kind of this, uh, we get, we finally get a little bit of, of an opportunity for Boba to show his power. And I love that he hints, he has a rank underneath him. I mean, that's more than a hint. Yeah. It's when he puts the food by his feet and the rancor takes it and eats it to let everyone know. It's like, Hey, if you don't work with us, you're yeah. going to die. Yeah, um, the jumps, the jump scare on the Rancor was was one of the top things for me because we've we've been we've been seeing that parts of this scene in all the teasers. So mm -hmm. to a certain degree, it's like, oh yeah, the, your brain kind of like flips into, oh yeah, I know this, and then we but get also that because nice the jump last, scare. Yeah, because the last episode ended with the Rancor, I thought yeah. we were going to get a lot more Rancor in this, and I was yeah. like, oh, I guess we're going to get no Rancor in this. And you're like, no, there is, yeah, there is the subtlety of this. They're like. But I also like the if you don't bring the peace, we will kill you till we have peace, which yes. unfortunately is how the actual world works. <laughs> Do, I don't I like guess, that at all, but that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, that's you know, and they send them off their way. And they're like, I think we should prepare for a war. Yes. And they're like, oh, we're going to need more muscle. How much money do we have? Because you can buy muscle. And well, then they play the Mandalorian theme song. And we get like, uh, you know, like, oh, my God, that was the yes. Like we get this moment of you know money can buy uh money can buy muscle and i actually loved fennec asking about the treasure because to a certain degree i was like man you know boba is taking hits left and right and he's not taking tribute and he's yeah. not doing a lot of the things that are going to fill the coffers right and so mm -hmm. i had kind of that moment of like man is is where's boba gonna is he gonna roll out like his bankroll uh you know credits or like what is the actual play here and uh and you know to hear you know hey we've got money and then we get well money can buy muscle 
And I really love that. I know there's been a lot of speculation. I think that this tease, um, the connection that we've had in the in the flashbacks with the Mandalorian, now with this tease, makes that all more real. Um, mm-hmm. And I am thoroughly excited for five. Oh yeah, because the whole seven. episode is just letting us know that this is taking place on top of Mandalorian. Yep. And we also are very aware that these storylines have crossed paths because this is all the spinoff of Mandalorian. Totally. And so we're totally. just all leading into, we're just walking into a big Mandalorian shadow, which well, of course is going to give us a huge tease for whatever their next season is going to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we do get these, we do get these hints at um, sort of the inter interlocking and interweaved series. Right. And so, you know, in this episode, um, one of the things that was really notable about Boba blowing up the Sarlacc is that leaves an empty Sarlacc nest. And um, part of the entire, like, you know, band, you know, get the band together so we can go attack the big beast uh, in chapter eight, season two, is that crate dragon took up residence in an empty Sarlacc pit. And, ah. and so like, and you know, here that here's here's Cobb Vanth in Boba's armor, teamed up with Din, fighting a crate dragon that is basically took up residence inside of the hole that Boba creates while you know while we're in this series. So I haven't heard, I haven't seen a lot of folks point that point. You know, so we get a lot of chapter like there's tons of chapter five gunslinger, uh, mm-hmm. Toru Calican and all that sort of connections. But the Cobb Vanth, um, that little bit I thought was interesting. Um, and you know, maybe we'll get a little bit of, of who is, you know, they're, they're getting the band back together. Who is going to come with Mando? Are we going to get grief Karga, um, in a world where Cara Dune was still a character, I would say Cara Dune would be in tow. But um, but I'm super excited that we're actually going to see these two things kind of pull together. Yeah. As far as Canon's concerned, she's not dead. No, no, she's not. She's not dead. We just know that actress was fired, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't silently hire her or somebody else to just play the role. Yeah. So that is still entirely possible. There's a lot of good directions to go in. In fact, I don't think there's many bad ones. No, no. There's. Uh, I think all right. I mean, at this point, all the directions um, I think are good. I do think, you know, like we had talked a little bit about the fact that this was like, a, you know, the, the episodes or the, the series has been a slow burn yeah. and, and I was starting to get to the edge of my patience. Uh, I am very patient <laughs> when it comes to star Wars. I have a low bar. Uh, and I was like, you know, we, we've only got, you know, every time we talk, I'm always like, we only got this many episodes left. Understand Andy's patience. I've seen him honk his car horn more than any other human being on the planet. (laughs) If we're going to measure his patience. Um, (laughs) I have patience for Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. So if somebody is driving a Millennium Falcon and going slow, he won't honk at you as furiously. No, not as furiously. Okay. So Andy, what do you give this episode? I give this because of the little nods that I in there, I move it up to an eight and a half, uh, an eight and a half uh, tragic bantha goodbyes. I hate you. All right. Cause like I really sat here and thought like nine's too much. Eight's too little. I was thinking eight and a half all day. I love the Harry and the Henderson goodbye for the bantha. Go make baby banthas. Go. You're not wanted here. We didn't talk about it, but I really like, I'm like, oh man, I got to find a way to work that in. Cause that was a moment for me. I was like, oh man, this, yeah, oh, yeah, no, when I was watching it, I was only thinking about Harry and the Hendersons. 
Yeah. Oh, and, Which, and yeah, we got to see way more Bantha articulation than I had mm-hmm. ever expected in this in this series. Right. With oh, the mouth sure. and the tongue and everything like. Oh, yeah. I got gross. Yeah. It, it was did. like Pizza the Hut, how they made a joke at how he had a pepperoni tongue. <laughs> Same thing with this Bantha. Um, I give it eight and a half gonk droid legs. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I have to ask you, is this the way? Next time, don't touch my buttons. All right. <laughs>